The Working Artist Project is brought to you by Second Line Arts Collective. Learn how you can support at secondlinearts.org. We're creating a platform for those who are curious. One that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time, captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Welcome to The Working Artist Project. My name is Darian Douglas, and we are here once again with the one and only Gregory Ajid. What up, Greg? Man, thank you very much for the introduction. I appreciate that very much. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good, man. I just can't stop thinking about you being a French Hawaiian, man. I'm just taking it back a couple weeks, man. I don't know, man. It just makes me happy, man. I don't know. (laughs) Hey, look, it makes it makes it makes me happy, too, because I'm unique. It used to be a big source of an identity crisis. But, you know, we we moved past that in my life. So (laughs) we're good now. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Man, we stuff. French yeah. Hawaiian that loves gumbo. Hey, there you go, man. Very eclectic creature, man. Um, tonight's special, man, for a lot of reasons, per usual. Um, it's International Women's Day. And we want to... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to celebrate that in a, in a very special way with our uh, very distinguished guest tonight, who happens to be uh, one of the greatest tap dancers in the world, man. She, she, w- she was like trained up by some unbelievable people, people like Gregory Hines, who we all know. Mm. And uh, so we're going we gonna to get into that in just a second. <clears throat> but before we do, I, I want to talk about something that we got going on that if you got a little kid, you know, 15 to 23, them still kids, right? Man, look, I'm 34. I'm still a kid. Okay, there you go. <laughs> we have a, through Second Line Arts Collective, we have a summer camp where we focus on music business and we want to, you guys to check it out. It's called Sanaa Music Workshop, and it is from, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, June 14th through June 25th, right, Greg? That's right. So, yeah, so this is actually a very, very monumental year for us because this is our fifth year of camp. Hey. So for those of you who've been keeping up with the uh, the progress of Second Line Arts over the last couple of years, we, we started this program five summers ago with our summer camp the Sanaa Music Workshop. So we're yeah. like super excited that, first of all, we're so excited that we, we're still here five years later. <laughs> but, uh, you know, considering everything that's happened, you know, running a nonprofit is not the easiest thing in the world, but Absolutely. we have a pandemic and all this stuff. But man, you know, kudos to Darian for for all the amazing programming Second Line now hosts through the, uh, you know, through the educational programs that we've been doing in schools and the podcast. And again, you know, the flagship program that, that brought us to this point, which is the uh, Sanaa Music yeah. Workshop. Man, yeah. who, who, who you have lined up for the camp this oh. week? Oh, man, so many people. Marquise Hill, Bria Skonberg, Scott Johnson. Man, the list goes on and on. And so you guys go to the website and check it out, secondlinearts.org. Go ahead and sign up. And it's it's pretty much free. So we got some scholarship money. Just just hit us up and uh, we'll we'll work it out for you, man. But let's, let's get on to the show. How about that? Man, it sounds wonderful. It's wonderful. We have the one and only Michaela Moreno Lerman. On the show tonight. Where you at, Michaela? I'm right here. Hey. <laughs> yeah, we pretty good. We pretty good, man. Yeah, I'll, you sounded good. You sounded oh, good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I want to start this out 
I want to start out with International Women's Day, and and I'm just kind of mm-hmm. curious, like, what does that mean to you, if if anything, and and how does it really affect your life? You know, the the whole women's movement. Um. Well, the day the day I feel like the day is rather a new addition to my life. Um, I feel like, you know, it's it's been. Uh, I don't remember this like when I was in school is what I'm trying to say. So it's crazy. Um, I feel like with the advent of Facebook, like we've we've become aware of many more um, say holidays. holidays. Yeah. And and like uh, commemoration kind of days. I don't I, I don't know if this is a holiday. I, what would you call this? You know, it's just like an acknowledgement kind of day. Um, so I definitely. Um, feel very um like excited and 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 grateful that the world has taken a, a moment and a pause to acknowledge women and and everything women have have overcome and struggled with throughout the years and and that it's a whole month long celebration um but it's you know it's a new thing for me you know, it's, it feels like an Instagram holiday. You know, it's like something you get to post about. You know, it's cool. It's exciting. Um, and I also just, funnily enough, read something on Instagram that it, it, it was uh, created by socialist women. So it's, it's now um, kind of against what it was originally created for because now it's becoming kind of like a corporate holiday. Like, you know, like... Uh, women's skincare products give you like 20% off on International Women's Day and you know it's like don't celebrate um girl bosses and like uh corporate you know corporate women Mm. and it I don't know I just I find it sad that something that's created you know, to celebrate women now already has this divisive <laughs> nature. We have to it. we have a rift in it already. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, you know, so it's 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 interesting. I guess everybody comes, everything comes with this, you know, binary sides of it. Right. Well, isn't every American holiday like that? You know what I mean? Like like, uh, like Christmas, <laughs> Thanksgiving. It's yeah. like what what are these holidays? Yeah. Easter? Like what is that? What, what does it even yeah. mean at this point? Yeah. Though? Yeah. <laughs> Man, you know, I'm sorry. This is kind of reminding me of this weird thing. But you know, like the thing is, the times change too. And like a lot of times, we have these these holidays or these days of remembrance, and they 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 come to mean something new as as we move forward through time. And yeah, you know what 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 it meant 40 years ago is not what it means today. And yeah, you know, but I They're guess they're ever evolving. Yeah, ever so. evolving things. Yeah, yeah. I was I was just really curious because. You know, I think we're we're in a in a time in our society where women's rights and equity are on the forefronts of people's minds. Like people are aware that mm-hmm. women don't get paid the same, and 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 you guys are or we all are trying to fight to bring everything even ground so that we can all have yeah. a cert, certain level of success. And that's kind of why I asked you the question, and and I'm curious if that resonates in your career at all. Oh, my God. Absolutely. I mean, you know. I got war stories. Let's hear it. Give me one. Oh, no, I can't. (laughs) even. (laughs) 
can't even, you know, just just times when I found out I was getting paid less than other people in the bands. Um, so many things like that, you know, being treated differently when it comes time to contract negotiations and things like that. Um, and then, of course, you know, having to enter a bandstand, you know, that's male dominated and navigating sexual advances, navigating uh, intimidation tactics, you know, because I'm already coming on, you know, the stage with the deck stacks against me, so to speak. I do something different, you know, especially when I'm in a, in a jazz form and setting, you know what I mean? If, if I'm, if I'm doing a jazz gig and, uh, you know, definitely when I was much younger and going to a lot more sessions and stuff, you know, it was really intimidating to go up there one as a tap dancer and two as a woman in these very male dominated situations and try to be taken seriously. And, you know, having uh, little angels along the way to kind of pave, you know, pave the way and open up some obstacles. You know, Roy was one of those people that um, just carved a space in, in a lot of those late night small sessions where, you know, if I tried to jump up there, I'd get yelled at or you know, just belittled or whatever. Um, so, you know, it's it's um, it's still happening, you know, as we all know, with everything, you know, racism is real, sexism is real. It's, it's not going away. It's fabulous that we're all having conversations and spreading awareness. I, I saw another thing on the gram right before I got here. Um, oh no, it was a New York Times article. Uh, that that said, um, you know, police officers were dancing at the Black Lives Matter rallies this summer, but um, protesting against taking down Confederate statues in the winter. And then those same police officers are also some of the people that stormed the Capitol building. So it seems like just the whole world is having a complete identity crisis and and really dealing with deep insecurities and stuff and you know i just pray for everybody <laughs> i just pray for everybody i pray for everybody to have patience and um compassion and empathy towards each other and you know it, it always just boggles my mind that people can't empathize that everybody is having this human experience out here and it we, we're all dealing with whatever we're dealing with and why can't we be more compassionate towards one another so you know it's a it's a weird time you know and I, I often look at it as like it's a dawning it's a, like we're in the the sunrise like people are starting to become aware of things but it's not full daylight yet you know we we're not we're not fully enlightened yet and um you know it's a that's a weird time to be in that 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 you know 
that climb up up the steep mountain, you know? Yeah, it's 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 crazy because it's I guess I guess half the world is still sleeping, the other half is kind of waking up. Everyone's everyone's some people are morning people, some people don't wake up till one, you know? <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. So we, that's we just, gotta navigate all that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Man, you know, you were kind of touching about, you know, the challenges that you had kind of like being on the bandstand and, and working. You know, I just wanna kind of like fill everyone in, you know. Back before COVID, we used to have gigs and we used to be out late at night, hanging <laughs> at clubs and you know, so, <laughs> y'all laughing. I don't know. Someone might listen to this in a couple of weeks, like a couple of months and be like, why, why don't they have gigs anymore? I don't get it. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I, I think, I think, you know, again, like speaking about just kind of harassment in the workplace and, and things like that, you know, I'm sure plenty of women go through those experiences, no matter the field. But I think it must be especially challenging as an artist, especially a jazz musician slash dancer. And, you know, we're up late at night. We don't start work until 930 at night. Yeah. We go yeah. home at two. And I was just wondering maybe if you could offer some advice to maybe the the, the young the young women listening um, on how to navigate those types of situations, especially when maybe you find yourself traveling with all men or or hanging at a club late at night when you're the only woman there. And then maybe also what kind of advice you give to men in those situations? Oh, my goodness. That is such a good question. Um, well, to the young woman, I mean, you know, the young women... I feel like I'm learning from the young women these days. You know, they're they're teaching me things that um, maybe I was carrying that I wasn't aware that I was carrying that now I'm like, oh man, that's really, that's a thing. <laughs> you know, that's really a thing. Um, so I first and foremost want to say that I'm I'm deeply inspired by where many young women are at these days um but what i would say to them is to just continue to be unapologetically themselves no matter what situation call it out say it do what you need to do do not be intimidated by anybody or anything in any situation it's unnecessary and um the only way forward is through it, you know? Um, so that's what I say to the young ladies and then the young men, you know, young men should be attending things that address women's issues if they want to be enlightened. You know, a lot of a lot of these events that are geared for women or, or speaking on women's issues are often attended by the women who experience the problems when we know it because we are living it. So, um, you know, I just hope that more um, young men take it upon themselves to learn. You know, I was, I was speaking to a friend. It's, it's so funny how all these things intersect too. I was, I was speaking to a friend of mine Ayadeli Cassell, a wonderful, another wonderful tap dancer. And she was um, speaking on racism. And she was saying, you know, if you can look up a recipe on Google, you can look up, you know, the information about how to be a better person. And yeah. it, the same goes with any ism. You know, if you can, like, 
go on Amazon and order, you know, like a new hair dryer or something. You can you can go on Google and you can find the resources and learn a thing or two. So, you know, yeah. I hope that um young men take it upon themselves to find out what they need to do to create a, a better um environment for everybody because it you know it's 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 the universal golden rule like you know each one teach one if we all are good you know if if we're all good then we can all move up you know we all have to work together absolutely i agree with all of that i i got, I got one rule that helps me be a a respectable man <laughs> and it's just mm-hmm. really simple like if you don't want somebody saying it to your mother or your sister then don't say it, don't do it to, yeah. to, to some. Yeah, and and do you want someone <laughs> saying or doing something to you as yeah. well? You know, well, you can't. Use some of these dudes, I you know, you gotta. You, know. <laughs> you gotta push it a little harder. I get it. Yeah. I get it. They're a little, you know, they're ratchet. They, right. They, maybe they do want somebody to do some of the things they're saying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but let let's let's switch gears um, to 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 the dance. And yeah. I'm I'm just kind of curious, like, how does a person get into tap dancing in in the modern era of life? You know, it's not 1932, and and that's <laughs> that's what all due respect because it's the same thing with us jazz musicians. You know, like yeah, I yeah. was just about to say, you know, it's just, it's just, it's the exact same situation. But I mean, as you know, there there's a, a thriving jazz scene full of people of all ages, sexes, creeds, and colors, you know, there's every, everybody's out here playing music at this point, you know? So, um, you know, I got into tap dance, um, because I saw Gregory Hines in the movie Tap, and I just was like, this is it. Um, my mom, um she just she loved old films so I watched a lot of like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers and um classic golden era Hollywood stuff but it wasn't until I saw Gregory that I it really clicked for me that this was a a whole other thing than what was in those classic films and I think the thing that um I didn't know at the time I was five years old but what what was so different was the improvisation, mm. you know, and um, and the and the freedom of that. I was so attracted to that, and and really wanted to learn it. So um, I, uh, you know, kept on it. My mom and my dad, like, please, I want to take lessons. I want to take lessons. And we wound up at this place called Woodpeckers, which was an all tap dance studio that was in Soho. And um, the place was, um, it was geared specifically towards, um, you know, jazz, rhythm, tap dancing. It was not uh, musical theater, Broadway type stuff. It was, it was what Gregory was doing and, and others and and from the very moment we were in there you know i started meeting some of these masters and some of these legends and they would 
be there every time I would go take class. Somebody would be practicing. Somebody would be hanging out. Somebody would be, you know, talking smack in the in the in the office or whatever. You know, some somebody was always around that would be a legend. <laughs> you know, just like, like a you know, just like the goat of whatever. So, um, so I I was immersed in the culture right away. Um, and that's what's kept me in it for this long. Um, because it's really a a culture. Um, it's it's uh and it's it's really honestly it's thriving. Um you know, of course, as a tap dancer, I see it. There are so many incredible people doing it right now, all over the world and in many different ways and creating festivals and performance opportunities and stuff. I mean, of course it could be more. It's still got a long way to go, but um, it's it's happening. All right. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, my imagination was just running just then because I think, you know, before, in the before time, like even before the before time, <laughs> there was just so much community, so much more community in, yeah. in in New York City and every city more so than yeah. ex- than exists now. I feel like life is so hard now that we just kind of like okay, man, I get, you know, it's it's kind of hard to pull people in and, and and really like get to know them. Like you said, people are just hanging out at the studio. Yeah. you know, like like that yeah. doesn't really that doesn't really. I don't just go to some studio and just hang out. I'm there for a purpose, you know. At the, at, I know. <laughs> so. The, the times have really changed. They have. They have. I, I tell that to my students all the time. You know, they're like, what was it like learning from this person? What was it like learning from that person? I'd be like, you know, it really wasn't like up in the dance studio getting the classes and the, you know, and it's five, six, seven, eight, here's this step, here's that step. It was the hang, you know, so much of what I learned was from the hang and the culture and the, and all of that. So. Um, it's a lifestyle. It's not just a, a thing you learn in a class, you know. That might that might be one of the most important parts of this entire experience because it's like, man, you can immediately tell you, like, man, where are you from? Like the Antarctica? Like you don't know. <laughs> yeah. <how> to- <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You've been shedding with penguins all week. Or what's going on? <laughs> so I was just wondering, like, like again, like, you know, as far as like a jazz musician goes, you know, we have like, I mean, you know, again, everyone takes their own path, but you know, there's there's so many programs like uh, high school conservatories and, and college programs that are geared towards that. But like as a tap dancer, what does the, I don't know, is, the, is there, like, what does the the schooling look like for, for master? That developer? is an excellent question because it is um, something I'm very passionate about and hope to um, change in the future mm-hmm. because there is literally that there is next to nothing available in terms of any higher education for mm-hmm. tap dancing. No dance programs um, acknowledge tap dance as an art form that is worthy of being a part of their dance curriculum. If it's there, it's an elective, it's a club, it's a side thing um and 
most of the time if it's there it is um musical theater oriented because it's a college dance program um and there's one school in Oklahoma City that you can go to study to be a tap dancer but again it is a more musical theater oriented thing and um you know it's just like if you're from New York City why are you gonna go to Oklahoma City it's crazy so right? um it's it's I think it's a tragedy I think it's um I I I, I, it's just, it's the worst. It's, it's, I didn't go to college for this reason. I thought I was like, you know, the biggest revolutionary rebel. Like, I'm not going because they don't accept what I do. Um, <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> 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 Only I but whatever difference it made, it was, um, it was, uh, it, it's been a, it's been a thing for me. It's been a thing that I've wanted to do. Um, I would love to, speak to someone at Juilliard or some place like that um, because particularly Juilliard because tap can be kind of cross between the dance and the jazz programs you know there can be kind of a hybrid program created um, for it and that's what's so amazing um, a place like the new school would be great you know a- any of these um colleges should have tap dance be included in their in their curriculums because mm-hmm. it's it's an american art form you know it was born here out of the struggles and it's clearly the reason why it's not acknowledged the way it has mm. um and you know that that's sort of the burden tap has carried through the years because it it does have um you know it has its roots in pain you know it has its roots in slavery it has its roots in the drums being you know taken away in 1739 and um and then following that you know deep climb up the the ladder then it lands in the in the in in minstrelsy and um becomes uh, a gimmicky kind of thing and these incredible artists you know were reduced to minstrelsy and blackface and that's the only records we have of the beginnings of this art form and you know people just don't want to touch stuff like that um and it has it has been detrimental um to so many young people to not have a place to go um and be in college or university and 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 experience that with their tap dancing it just um it's very sad yeah yeah it's it's interesting that the american education system will like you like you're saying they're shunning this this american art form because of because of its history 
And, and I feel like even if they didn't shun it, they would just ignore that history. And they would find right. they would find some way to whitewash it and be like, packing, rah, 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 you know, and like, right. <laughs> everything was great right. and people were tap dancing. It was fun. You know, right. like right. that's right. that's right. what that's what they do with jazz, you know, and, and that's yeah. why people yeah. some people have like this hero thing happening in, in jazz that you worship a heroin addict. Like you forget about that part. Like we need to tell the whole story. So that so that we can yeah and that these. and so much of those struggles inform people's artistry. I mean, you know what you're feeling when you hear Charlie Parker or listen to Billie Holiday is their experience interpreted through the music, and mm-hmm. um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that only pain and struggle drives that. But in those instances, that's what's happening. And, you know, I just, um, I get so frustrated um, when I enter a space with either young musicians or young dancers that are so consumed with just like, you know, they like, how do you do this? How do you do that? And it's like, it's my experience that is informing the thing that you're feeling inside of you that you want to recreate it is not a step. It is not a note. It is not a lick. It's not a, you know, it's not a stick. It's not any of that. It's, it's, um, you take on. Sorry, I was getting. I'm getting another phone call. They okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's not. It's so much deeper than that, and that, that and that's also scary when you do take these art forms and then insert them into higher learning experiences, like in universities and colleges, because then it becomes a syllabus and a strategic kind of learning process, and it and it gets um, it gets processed like food gets processed and it loses all its nutrients and stuff Hmm. um, so that it could be packaged and sold and preserved. So um, it's it's one of those complicated things, you know, it's like you're damned if you do, if you're damned if you don't, but um, it's, it's um, yeah, that's it. I'll leave it there. (laughs) It's such an important thing to acknowledge, though. It's again, it's just like, you know, like we have a very complex history and not all of it is, is, you know, wine and roses and things like that. There, There is a lot of pain and hardship and there's a lot of great things that that happen, too. But it's like, you know, you can't just, you know condense a story down into just the positive things because you have to acknowledge the the suffering and the pain and the reality of what was going on back you know back in the day and and you know at some point it'll be back today you know people will be looking back at today and be like oh they had a great time on covid everyone had the internet and yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wasn't that bad yeah. um listen let, let, let's why don't we go ahead and play a little excerpt of, of your work and uh let the people here see and see what you got going. How about that? Yeah. 
Yeah, y'all. There you go, right there. Kind of, kind of remind me of myself. You know, shoot, I, back in the day, they used to call me a hoofer. You know, ah, yeah. <laughs> Put my socks on, just get right, right on the sidewalk. Just. Oh, you weren't hoofing <laughs> that, man. Oh, you hoofing something. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was... that's incredible. Hey, uh, Michaela, you were kind of talking about the difference between like like learning tap in like a Broadway type musical theater environment. Like, could you talk about kind of like what like what's the difference between those two styles? And like like what's the difference between yeah. doing a show and playing with Winton? <laughs> <laughs> um. It, it's a it's a totally different experience, you know. Um, I mean, most musical theater Broadway stuff is very basic um, level tap dancing, but right. merged shit. no not necessarily, <laughs> <laughs> but merged with um, ballet upper body. So mm. it's kind of this merging of the two styles Um, so it it focuses it has a different focus point you know it's a more visual experience with some sound and tap dance uh rhythm and jazz tap dance is the focus is more on the other side the sound and there are lots of tap dancers who choose to um incorporate upper body presentation with their improvisational or jazz rhythm tap dancing um but the main focus is the sound and the rhythm and the and the and the interest intricacy of the of the footwork um so that's the main the main difference and then if you really want to get deeper into it you know there's a there's there's a ongoing lifelong controversial conversation in tap dance about um is it irish is it is it african is it this is it that um and this is a split point where you can really see the influences of the of the two Hmm. different strains um because the musical theater stuff definitely has a more irish approach with a stiffer upper body uh, if you've ever seen River Dance, you know, it's much more of a, a you know, military style thing with precision. Um, and and then, of course, rhythm and jazz tap dancing has a lot more of an African sensibility of rhythm and uh, polyrhythms and all of that. So that's another way to kind of look at the differences as well. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. That there was two kind of like two lineages coming together, like the African and the Irish. Oh man, I, know, I had never it's, heard that before. It's, it is a hot topic these days in the tap dance world. It is it is really, um, man, is it an issue? You oh, know, wow. it's a it's a real issue, and there's a lot of division over this issue at this time. And it's it's rough and it's sad and it's you know and it, and it's it's complicated because you know the way I look at it you know I definitely do think that there was 
inter it, there was exchanges going on. You know, at the, at the time this was happening, Irish people, although they were not stolen and captured from Ireland and brought to America, they were not in a good predicament. They were indentured servants. They were they were not you know they were not at the top of the food chain either. So they were commingling at the time, and you know there's just so much of the rhythm and the, and and a lot of the movement and the steps is African, but then you know the shoes with the metal on the bottom that that's clearly coming from the more Irish traditions. They they had these shoes, um, so you know I I see the the cohabitation of these two um, artistic uh components intertwining but then you talk about why and then you talk about the drums being outlawed and that's a real pinpoint situation where you have to say this art form was created specifically because these drums were taken away then you have to look at also what happened after all of this you know what happened I, the, the, those very same Irish people who were cohabitating and commingling with uh, African people at the time got their little ticket out, so to speak, of, a, of, of a, appropri appropriating white culture. And their ticket out was to make fun of the very same Black folks that they're living with and 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 commingling with and creating art forms with, and then we get minstrelsy and blackface directly out of this experience. So that's another red flag we have to kind of bring up and talk about. So for me, and this is my personal opinion, and you know, I don't know if I'm gonna get shot by a tap dancer after I say this, but. <laughs> But I, watch I really out. do, Those Irish I people. see all this <laughs> and it's complex. You know, I see this complex relationship. Yeah. And just because it's complex, you can't just say one doesn't exist without the other. You know, it is complex. So um, that's how I choose to, to view it. But my goodness, you know, ask a couple tap dancers some questions, you'll get whole bunch of answers and feelings and stuff so it's it's intense it's intense now as far as the styles go like would you say like again like is there any improvisation in like irish step dancing or is that like all choreographed that is um i i've never experienced it um i've never really seen it i've i i've heard about one irish tradition where they do something in a circle and they kind of exchange with each other. Um, but generally speaking, it is not an improvisational thing. And right there, again, you get that difference and separation of the streams. Um, and um, what was I just going to say? Oh, yeah, I did. I, I When I was like, 19 or something I, I got I auditioned and got in this kind of bootleg Lord of the Dance uh show and uh so it was it was Irish dancing and there was a little tap dance 
section and I became friendly with some of the, the Irish dancers and they were so intrigued and amazed specifically by the improvisational aspect you know, and by the, the more relaxed body. And they were frustrated that they always had to be like the stiff, straight up kind of thing. So um, that to me said a lot, you know, they, they, they found freedom in tap dancing, um, which clearly shows you that maybe they're related, but they are different art forms. Absolutely. Michaela. Uh, we, we're coming to the end, but I, there's a couple of things I want to talk about before before we go. And uh, one of them is your band. Uh, oh, yeah. And I, I feel like I, I watched a video of you talking about your band and in, in, in something resonated with me where you said that your band was your family. And and the mm. reason why it resonated with me is because I'm I'm originally from Mississippi. And so I don't have family here in the Northeast. So, so my friends mm. are my family. And so... Mm -hmm when I see you guys performing and you say you guys eat together and this and that, and you fight and you make up, blah, 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 blah. Like what, mm -hmm. what is that? What is that all about? And how does that enhance the music that you guys and dance that you guys create together? Oh my goodness. Well, you know, it's that trust, you know, is is establishing that trust. Is it what we were talking about earlier too? So much of what you learn is, off the bandstand or out of the classroom and so much a part of just hang the hang, you know? And, um, you know, a lot of this comes out of, you know, my band and, and the Moenzo and the Shakes, you know, it's, 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 you know, they're cousins. They're very closely related. Right. Um, your, your band is so, called Love Movement, right? My band is called Love Movement. Yeah, yes. Okay. Um, so there was um, a point in time where um, when I first met Michael Muenzo and um, after the late night sessions he used to host at Dizzy's, um, he and several of the musicians would come over to my house and we would listen to music or, you know, and, and hang out and cook and drink a little bit and, and just hang out. And, and that became kind of a ritual. We started doing it every night. Um, <laughs> and it was All a right, wild cool. time. <laughs> um, and everybody would come over pretty much every night after our gigs and we would listen to music and we would cook and we would talk about our issues and our stuff. And it, it really developed into this family-like situation. Um, and so, so much of what we do on the bandstand is an extension of that, you know? And knowing where someone's at, being sensitive to that, choosing music that reflects where people are at and, um, or where we want to go. Maybe we're not in the place we want to be and we all need to collectively go somewhere else and, and feel a different vibe. Um, you know, all of that is just 
it's the most important stuff that that's the stuff that people fall in love with when they're watching a musician or a dancer or, or again, it's the experience you're, you're falling in love. You're, you're being moved. You're being touched in your spirit by their, their spirit and their soul and where they're at, you know, everybody has the same tools. Everybody has the same notes the same scales the same steps the same toes and heels you know everybody has the same tools and what you're getting is that individual and 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 that individual's spirit and um when you get a group of people that are vibrating together on that level it's very powerful that's a beautiful thing right there to be able to play music and create art with people you love and trust. That's yeah. that's the dream right there. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. Like, like, you know, y'all know what Elvin Jones said when somebody asked him about Coltrane and how they, how they got there. So you got to be willing to die for a motherfucker. <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> yeah. That's I don't know it. about that, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But dig, dig it, dig it. It's, it's, uh, we, we, we have come to that time. It is time for us to say goodbye. But before we go, I do want to give you an opportunity to tell the people how to link with you, you know, how to buy all your stuff. Maybe you got your own signature tap shoe. I don't know. Oh, you know? Lord, I don't have any merch. <laughs> I am the worst at that, but it's coming. It's coming. Um, but I do, I have my website, michaelataps.com. And that's also my Instagram handle, Michaela Taps. And that's also my Facebook artist page, you know, facebook.com slash Michaela Taps. So you can find me anywhere there. And also, um, you know, for anybody listening, stay tuned to my Instagram because I will be doing a live stream performance at Seeds in Brooklyn. That's a, a little club that's uh, curated by Joel Ross. Um, so uh, we'll be there March 16th with my smaller group, Taremini, which is just myself, Russell Hall, Matisse Picard, two Geminis and a Taurus, Taremini. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, on April 8th, I'll be at Smalls as, as well with my band so um both those gigs will be live streamed and then at smalls people can actually come in the flesh if they'd like on april 8th it is open <laughs> so y'all dig it go go to all those places Michaela taps uh you can just google that put it in anything and something's gonna come yeah, up yeah you'll find me yeah and and, <laughs> and uh yo dm dm Michaela about this signature tap shoe because she need to get that out because you know <laughs> Ooh, us old hoofers, you know, so we, we ready for her, you know. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for it too. All right, good. For good. all the reasons. Good. I'm ready for that paycheck. Hey. <laughs> Michaela, thank you so much for having you on. It's thank been a, you. A privilege thank you for having me. a chance to talk to you. Been, you know, been following your career or, you know, on the internet and things like down down here in New Orleans. So it's been a great opportunity to hang with you. Oh, amazing. Amazing. I can't wait to come to New Orleans. 
in the Come near on. future. And look, everyone else, everyone, all the New York cats are moving down here. They're, they're, I know. Oh, I man, know. Like, everywhere I go, there's like a new, I think Julian Lee just moved down here or something. I mean, I'm yeah. not throwing them out there, but I'm just every day, I'm like, what you doing out here? Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> you don't live here. <laughs> That's what's up. All right, y'all. My name is Darian Douglas. And, uh, I'm Greg Ajib. This is the Working Rars Project. We'll catch y'all next time. Later.